I mean, when you are free of all substance, when you are detoxed from all metals, all toxins, all poisons, you are unstoppable. Welcome to Supernormalize, the podcast where we challenge the conventional, break boundaries, and normalize the seemingly supernatural. Join me, CJ, as we explore less uncharted realms of existence and unravel the mysteries of life experience. My treasured listeners, if you have a life story or healing modality or unique knowledge that you'd love to share, reach out to me at Supernormalized, that's Supernormalized with a Z, at Proton.me. Let's together embrace acceptance of the supernatural and unusual as what it really is, completely normal. On today's Supernormalize, we have Robin Stebbins, and she's otherwise known as um, Medicine Girl, and she used to work in healthcare, um, devoting a life to helping others to heal from illness and disease, and she's always been doing this with the utmost love and positive intention, and in the end, she did notice something really strange, that most of her patients um, and clients wanted to stay sick, and put more simply, they would rather take another pill and rather than alter their lifestyle. Um, over time, she discovered ways to actually help people heal from within. And so she produced um, a way of actually doing that um, with helping with people. And she calls that Purify Within. So today, I welcome to the show Robin Stebbins to talk about her understanding of Purify Within and what that means to her and the world. Welcome to the podcast, Robin. Robin. You've got a, quite a story. Um, you've been doing this for more than 35 years, and um, it's a healing method uh, that you call Purify Within. Um, how how did you come to that position? What was your life story leading up to that? Um, can you tell us more about you? Well, that's a great question because 35 years ago, when I went into the healthcare field, I saw just an epic failure. I started out in psychiatric. So I did, I was a psych tech in lock psychiatric hospitals. And I just thought it was the psychiatric field. Oh, they don't have any modalities that actually help people. So I got into nursing and it was even worse. It was just epic fail after epic fail and just people getting worse and worse and worse and getting prescriptions. So I decided I'm going to go on a quest and figure out what actually helps a person heal. And so 35 years later, what I've come to the conclusion is that I don't heal the body, the doctors don't heal the body, the supplements, the drugs, the ozone, none of those heal the body, the body heals itself, we simply have to remove the toxins, the poisons on all of the roots that led up to that. So that's where we get the purify within. It all of this has to come from within you. So what are your emotional toxins? 
What are your visual toxins? Are you watching people on Netflix kill each other for four hours a day? What are your auditory toxins? What music are you listening to and singing along to? There's evidence that supports that every single movie that we see, every single song we listen to gets stored somewhere in the brain. Especially these catchy songs that you're saying and singing over and over, like you've, you know, get those earworms and you're thinking, wow, I don't want that in my head. What am I singing to? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we know the physical toxins and that's everything in your physical surrounding, including your laundry and your dish soap and candles and everything else. You know, it's got to be everything has to be supportive of that field of wellness. Mm. It does seem like that um, over the last probably about only 100 years or so, as we've adopted more of a mechanized um, industrial sort of culture and all of the chemicals and all of the um, distractions that go along with that, that's divorced us from the actual pure experience of our um, humanity, our life and our earth. And uh, that that separation has caused all of this. And how, yeah, yeah and that 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 separation is is not good for us. And I think we're all starting to realize that. It seems to me like we're all starting to realize like something is off. It doesn't take much to look around you and think, okay, the medical system is not working. Can we just all agree on that? Like we're the sickest, fattest, worst shape we've ever been in the history of humankind. And instead, you know, the pharmaceutical, which has such a grip on in the States, they have such a grip on the advertising dollar. 70% of the advertisements are from pharmaceuticals. So in that we're, I think we're all craving the authentic human experience. And that is deeply rooted in nature from grounding and recharging with bare feet on raw nature. We can't do it in landscape lawns and, and all of that because then you're getting the herbicides and pesticides and insecticides, you know, right directly through your feet. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like we have to be cognizant really of all these ways that we're going to reconnect with nature. It's got to be sort of a, a slow balance to because we have polluted this planet we meaning the powers that be the corporations i think are more responsible than we are mm, oh, i totally agree totally agree um and so you you started with nursing and found your way through that did you do any other studies to enhance what you're doing or was this just all discovered by your life experience and working with people no, I've got a, a, probably 10,000 hours into reading yeah. every book I could get my hands on, listening to every podcast I could get my hands on. Later, um, you know, back in the 90s, I, I was getting every single book at the library, at the bookstores, because I thought there I was in that programming of there's a magic bullet out there. There's a there's a magic routine that we can all do and we'll be thin and healthy and that's it. You know, we'll just figure that out. And and through the course of that and thousands and thousands of hours, I realized 
two things. The first thing was when I, 1992, I was going to be graduating with a bachelor's in psychology. And I had to do this study for, to pass my statistics class. And I was doing it at the Locke Psychiatric Hospital I was working at. And I was working nights and going to school during the day. And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to make up this data. It's called data fudging because who cares? No one's going to see my study. No one's going to, it doesn't matter. And then a light bulb went on. I was like, well, I'm probably not the only person that's done this. Yeah. You know, and then, so now I'm starting to realize, like, how do we control these doctors and naturopaths and functional medicine with a piece of paper? Because if it says the right things, and this study was conducted, and here's our methodology section, and here's our conclusions, you can get them to give rat poison to pregnant women and children. Meaning rat poison is vitamin D3, and they are prescribing it to women and children, and it has horrific effects. Oh. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's just not that. Like, this pharmaceutical company from my conclusion at this point it's a working document in my head but they don't put anything in a pill and now they've bought all the supplement industry that doesn't create downstream customers so what they what their plan is it's i i give you an, a medication that changes a lab value so it either changes a number on the blood pressure or it changes the <clears throat> cholesterol or it changes something so i can show you look cj is working mm. Meanwhile, your your health is deteriorating, but I can I'm like, no, no, that's that's unrelated. That must be something else. We'll treat that with another prescription. On and on and on we go until, yeah. you know, eventually it's like renal failure and congestive heart failure and all the other things that go along with that. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like um the system is geared against us for, you know, nefarious reasons almost. Well, it's I th- I call it the hungry ghost model of business it's never enough they they really literally don't care about us it's we're numbers to them mm-hmm. so if if they can profit from our illness and and you look at it it's that is their business model they're not hiding that mm-hmm. well we see that with the recent uh all that drama that happened with murder bingo um unfortunately and uh, yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. But it it did wake up. To, I mean, I've been screaming about this for thirty years. Yeah, you know, and so finally, people are waking up to this organization. Like most of these CFOs and CEOs are convicted felons in these giant companies. Yeah. Yet they're still working and business as usual. Yeah, often I see that um, they've they've got a history of some sort of crime, but they got away with it somehow. And it, normally, if it, if it was any of us, even a yeah. small version of that would be in jail for life. But they get promoted or turned into another person at another company at the head of the company. Right, on a, either on the a head mega of the company, salary. yeah, or send them over to the FDA. They, yeah, Pfizer and and the FDA and all the pharmaceutical companies just swap job so it is one of the same mental isn't it? it it's enough to drive you crazy which you know i always say we can't fight the system no. they're too big so yeah. we have to create our own well system 
and mm. and starve their system. That's the only way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've been doing this for a while now and helping people to realize their own way to create their own systems. Do you have like a, a method that you help people with with when you do that? Do, do you give them their own process or do you have something like a guide that you take people through? Well, I, I really take each individual as they come. And so most of the time we just become a team of like medical detectives. Okay. So we try and figure out all of the different routes that led to like, for example, I have a client that has breast cancer. Well, she's not like the other client that I had that had breast cancer. So we got to, we have to look at all of her root causes and look into what each of the ones that we've identified, how can we release those? One of them was she loved to burn scented candles. Well, scented candles release benzene, toluene, formaldehyde <clears throat> into the air. And she was living, basically living in her small bedroom. That's one route. Yeah, right. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. So, so that's one easy route. It's like, well, don't burn candles anymore. Get, you know, the little battery ones or do something that's more benign. Yeah. But so, and then so, well, but it's never just one route. It's like, oh, got the candles check. It's then what's the emotional roots? What were the, you know, how disconnected were you from your body that you didn't notice how sick you were getting from the candles? So it's like reconnecting with the body and then really just going through the home with a fine tooth mm -hmm. comb and seeing where are you poisoning and toxifying yourself? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Do you have any examples of um, working with people um, that you would say have been such extreme successes that were totally surprising that uh, you could share without um, obviously identifying those people? Oh, absolutely. My favorite one to talk about is I had a 92-year-old World War II veteran living in a boarding care home, which is kind of like a nursing home light, and it's, they're miserable. These places are just loud and usually somebody's yelling and it smells like urine. And he said, I want to get out of here. But his legs were like tree trunks. They were so swollen with edema. And they said he had heart failure and they said, you know, he should be on hospice. Well, we started working on all of the root causes. One of them was untreated PTSD from World War II. And he wouldn't go to a psychiatrist or do anything like that. So we just had, did the, the tapping, you know, the different tapping points. Had him doing that following YouTube videos. We completely changed his diet, changed his, his emotional relationships. And he was able to, to completely go home independently and lived until 97 at home gardening, happy, doing all the things that he loved. Wow. That's a message. And I change. love that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, it's 92. Yeah. And I think a lot of us think like, oh, forget it. It's too late for you. He got another five wonderful years out of his life that weren't spent, you know, miserable in a boarding care with somebody changing his diapers. Yeah. In pain. Yeah. In pain, yeah. yeah. And and we get to hear his wisdoms too. Like we're so used to throwing away the elderly. Yeah. Well, well, you can't hear someone's wisdom if they're toxic and, and addicted or sick or in pain. 
but you can really start to hear them when all of that is washed away. And it's then we can have these really amazing conversations. Mm, wow. Wow. That's cool. Okay. And when you work with people, do you work with um, like all ages or specific people? All, all ages. Yeah. And I've worked with, sometimes I've worked with parents that have younger kids that, you know, are they say they're labeled like with ADHD or def, uh, defiant disorder, all these things that I say, first and foremost, don't let anyone cast spells on you with these labels and these diagnoses. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. then you become it or, you know, or even worse, medicate it yeah 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 people don't realize that all of that is um the newest form of black magic really to put it plainly yes. you're yeah. absolutely right that's an excellent way to put it because that is what it is mm. and you know and i think you look at what happened since 2020 there's a lot of spell casting and a lot of people said they lost their sense of smell and taste i think that was just you know the placebo nocebo effect a lot of it was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wild. Yeah, yeah. It's good that people actually are starting to recognize the way these organizations just want more money and they just want more, like, well, to put it plainly, it's like a grinder for souls and, um, you know, and it's not to our benefit to be healthy for them. Right. <laughs> In any right. way whatsoever. I mean, what population do you want to control? I mean, if you go back to the ancient Egyptians and the Hebrews and they've been doing the exact same playbook as they did then. And what did they give their slaves? The Egyptians were the one that invented beer. They gave their slaves beer, alcohol, to keep them sick, weak, dependent. Yeah. Now we're so we're so enslaved that we buy our own poison and we steal our own poison. <laughs> They're like, oh, we get the, the slaves are actually giving us back their money. Yeah. To buy yeah. the, the the alcohol and the caffeine and and the nicotine and the marijuana. Yep, that's right. That's right. I was only listening to another podcast recently, and they were talking about how um, certain agencies have agendas for pushing and rolling out um, uh, psychedelics and mild psychedelics like uh, marijuana, just to affect the population to basically derail any chance of success. Yeah. Well, I I. I mean, I have a personal example with that too. I was drinking my red wine because it was healthy. Hadn't got to the the other playbook on alcohol yet. This was a while ago. And I was, sometimes I would smoke weed so I could go to sleep and I was on the caffeine train. And so finally I decided, okay, I'm just going to quit everything. I quit drinking and I was just sitting there in my living room having a, just a peaceful evening. And I saw what looked like in the tree, this kind of demon. So I, I, I look at that and the demon looked like it was just looking at me. This was at night and it looked like it was staring at me. And I thought, you know, this is whether this is real or not, this is a perfect analogy of what it is. Like when you have demons inside of you, they crave alcohol and and sugar and junk food. You're feeding them. And then yes. they make you puppet you around yes. as they want and create a life that's stressful and out of alignment. So you crave the alcohol, you crave the nicotine or whatever it is that's your drug of choice. 
So they're waiting for you to slip up again because when you, I think you create holes in your aura. I think you create holes and energetic gaps that they can come in and take over. Because look, look at how awful people act when they're drinking. Totally, totally. It's like they're completely different people, you know. And yes. It, and it might, you might start with everyone being fun, but then it's like a switch flicks and then yeah. the character change is so different and obvious. And people go from being sort of nice to an, ex an exaggerated version of that. It's just sort of revolting. Yeah. It's weird. revolting. Yeah. And, and, and it was interesting to me. I was thinking, oh, it's, you know, I, we have so much fun with my friends when we're, when we're drinking. And now that, you know, I've been so far away from that, and I hear people drinking in their conversations. It's like, uh, like two retarded people talking or just two toddlers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. None of what they're saying was funny, but they thought it was so funny, you know, just rolling on the floor laughing. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a low vibration, low frequency substance that keeps you sick, weak, dependent, enslaved able to tolerate a shitty life oh, absolutely. a low level existence yes yeah exactly you, and, and it's not like you're you have you know to drink and and medicate yourself because you have this low level existence you have that low level existence that crappy life because you're on the substance like try it for 30 days go without any substance and tell me how good you feel yeah that's that's exactly right i mean i can relate to that completely i my my um, Achilles heel was the uh, marijuana way back in the day and um, started smoking and it was just something we did. And I liked the wild differentness of it. It was ex exciting and exploratory, but then it gets its hook in you and you don't realize it has a hook in you. And then you just start smoking more and more. And then at that stage, um, Hydra started to become popular and Hydra was just even more potentized and really we were just vegetables you know you'd smoke and become a vegetable every time you yeah. smoked but it made you want to smoke more again and it was like what the hell's going on and i didn't even recognize it was happening for me and i'd use all these excuses saying oh i use this to de-stress from work or i use this to just basically all de-stress reasons but i didn't realize that i was living in a state of complete and utter anxiety because i was smoking you know the liver is smashed yeah. and wrecked from from all of the chemicals going through it from the the hydroponic garbage that they put through it and right. um and you know you're completely distracted and you know basically a vegetable and uh i did that for like 13 and a half years and i don't remember a lot of that time wow which, which i fully regret because people tell me about things we used to do and i'm like no memory of it at all at all wow yeah it's awful. yeah and it's it's tragic because it, it's so marketed to teenagers i have a 16 year old son and he and his friends, and I mean, I work hardcore educating them and I've, I've brought a few out of it, but most of them, they go right back to it because it's just so ingrained. And what's the best thing to do when, when they're high, they, they love to scroll. Yeah. Scroll and eat junk food. And eat junk food. And now, you know, they're sort of getting into that age where they are looking into alcohol. And so I'm just educate, 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 like, you know, I can't be the authoritarian but i know knowledge is power yeah well i mean the problem is a lot of those things they're scrolling on they're not going to get much knowledge out of them because they're targeting them to keep them distracted rather than educated yeah 
One hundred. Well, one hundred percent. I I don't I don't really think there's much value anymore on the internet. You have to be, you know, superhuman to avoid the distractions. I've gone on there a number of times and I don't scroll. I, I go on for business and I'll go and I'll, it'll be 20 minutes later. And I'm like, what did I go on here for in the first place? It's like, there's a, there's a red circle that, that notification. Here's an email that came it's, in. Here's a text. I got to answer. It's, it's, it's all designed that way. You know, um, I was doing a lot of meditation a long time ago and um, I mean, I, I meditate every day still, but when I was doing it, then I was doing really intensive work and um, a part of it, I was getting like messages about life and everything. And one of the core messages was that, that there is two like core uh, polarities, like there's love and there's distraction or dissection. So you can either mm. choose love, which actually is enhancing and creating, or the opposite yes. of that, which is dissecting and distracting. And if you choose the dissecting and distracting, that just enhances. If you choose the love part, that enhances. So in, in all moments, we have these opportunities to choose. And uh, but the problem is these tools are actually helping us to choose the wrong way, unfortunately. Yeah, I think you're right. And and it it's a time eraser. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know? hey, but who's taking that time? Yeah. Right. You, you know, really, you really got to think about it. Like, are they actually mining our energy? Yeah. Loosh. Through that. <laughs> You're nodding. You know well, what that is? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, add in the flicker rate of, yeah. of these screens, screens and they give, they give these kids all of these um, computers at school then they all have the flicker rate going and they all are taking pictures of them every few seconds. Yes. Because they can they they can control and they, they are able to do more and more with the microwave energy and pulses and the Wi-Fi control humans. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's what they're going towards. And I mean, I think a part of the uh, all those recent events were actually trying to make that speed up. You know what I mean? So Yeah, uh, I, I think you're right, CJ. Yeah. unfortunately yeah yeah but we are becoming aware because you know what i found even when i was doing all the work i was doing way back when and escaping out of that um those habitual loops uh what i found was when it, when i tuned myself up and i just kept that frequency it brings up everyone around you so if you're yes yeah so if you have I want any- to emphasize that like <laughs> we think we have to go you know protest and fight and light fires but exactly what you just said yeah yeah so if 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 you hold the frequency up yourself you bring up everyone's frequency that's that's you know if you if you're aware in any any degree at all it's literally your job to help everyone else get aware by just staying aware yourself Mm-hmm. And not choosing, you know, uh, to hold the hand of demons that want to keep you ill and keep you fat and keep you stupid and keep you distracted. Yeah, I I love that you you said it like that because that's it's you know Native Americans have this saying: you have two wolves inside of you, one of fear and anger, and and one of strength and power. Like, which wolf are you feeding? Yeah, and and it's in every single decision that you make. You've got yeah. to decide which wolf to, will you feed. That's right. That's right. And and uh, part of an, uh, Native American culture is the belief and understanding of Wetiko, which also goes under the name of Wendigo. And yeah. 
what that is is a mind virus and that mind virus gets enhanced by you choosing that path and when it takes you over completely you don't even realize it but you start infecting others by acting out of sorts that's it and parroting that narrative parroting insanity and making the insanity seem legitimate totally that's it. Yeah, I think we can all sort of see that that's happening, especially what they're doing to children and and genders and pronouns and general mutilation. Yeah, it's pretty pretty awful sort of situation um, for the moment for the kiddies because I mean we grow up probably in a time when um, when they, we didn't have an internet. I mean, I, I I actually got an internet when I was about I think I was about twenty three. So. Uh, before then, no internet. We just had computers at home and dial up and and things like that. So it wasn't as one of more pervasive and evil. It was like literally the wild west, and people were just telling each other everything, and it was great. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, it um, was. You could find anything. Anything. Yeah, yeah. There was so much religion that you could actually uh, hook straight into, and it, often it was actually published by the people that actually wrote it. So it was like, yes, this is really yes. cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, there is there is paths out of these things, which is good. And I mean, it's good that you you spend your time doing that with people. Is when you do this with people, do you do this like as a like your full time work nowadays? So I still work home health and hospice, and the yeah. reason I do that is I'm always checking in with myself, and you know, I, I one of my prayers is that you know, show me my next step in my path in service of the light and service of God, because I, I do believe this is a spiritual war right now. I wouldn't have said that maybe, you know, two and a half, three years ago, but it's very obvious. This is a spiritual war. And I think they're after our souls. Yeah. So the message is, you know, stay where I am because I'm, I am illuminating that light in some of the darkest places. And I'm in Northern California. I'm in the belly of the belly of the beast. Like this is, you know, one of their test states of, you know, so it's almost as bad as Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. So, but it's my mission, I believe, on this planet is to show people there's a question to ask and a choice to be made. And I, I really hold no once you know, like if if I informed you about vitamin D3 and you know it's a rodenticide and you know it has all these harmful effects and you still choose to take it, I'm okay with that. I, I can sleep at night, but I can't sleep at night if you're taking it thinking that it's doing you benefit. Oh, well, I'm guilty of that one myself because I take vitamin D3 every now and then. So, <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's, I mean, it's it's the same game as the you know, the whole last two and a half years, it's the same playbook. They're not very smart. They just have been using this playbook for a millennia, thousands of years. And the playbook is a death-centric model. Jason Kristoff is excellent. If if anyone wants to, you know, kind of research more about what I'm talking about and mind control, how easily it is to mind control people. And that's what they have been doing based on the repetitive content that we're seeing on screens and media and all of that. He can trace that all back to the programming. Mm. Wow. So you have faith now, and that came to you from your experiences because it became way too obvious that, um, yeah, there is a spiritual war going on. I believe that myself as well. 
um, I've been open enough to be able to see um, all sorts of things from you know uh, that that actually appear in in our um, what would you say Bibles? I mean, I wouldn't say just one Bible, but all of them talk about different angles of these things, and they're all obviously true. Uh, so, how is your faith nowadays? Do you do you actually have an active prayer, um, prayer sessions or anything like that for yourself? Do you do that in protection? And mm-hmm. yeah, I take it. I, and I always had a direct relationship with God. What pushed me away was the organized religion that I was forced to do as a young child with my dad. And I I had a really, you know, difficult relationship with my father and my mother and anything they said to do, excuse me, I would want to do the exact opposite. And so I, I was against organized religion, but still had kept a connection with God. Well, then somebody, excuse me, somebody asked me, he said, Robin, Robin, have you ever read the Bible? If you're so against organized religion, and I hadn't. So I said, no, I haven't, but I will read it. I read it twice. And I came to the conclusion that it's been usurped by the powers that be. It's not exactly verbatim of the word. And, you know, I don't want to trigger people by that, but we've been lied to about literally everything. So I don't think give us the pure word. Um, my conclusion was that how do I take control of, of CJ? How do I take control of Robin? I am an interpreter between them and God. I'm an interpreter between them and the divine coming through them. That inner knowing that tells you right from wrong, that inner knowing that that is your moral compass that gives you morality that says, no, I'm taking a stand and I'm not letting this happen to these children, not on my watch. Like I will, I am an energizer bunny when it comes to this. This is my hill. You know, I will not sit still and stay quiet until this is off the table again, because it's, it's, that's what I mean by that inner faith. So I always pray, I pray every single morning to the sun as it's as it's coming into view. <laughs> and, and I I see, you know, the energy coming into my eyes. I think we're kept away from the sun because of that and the sun gazing because it is so energizing and powerful. I do the same thing at at night as I see the sun going away. And I still say that, you know, I say my evening prayers, my morning prayers, and it's always just that, like, show me the next step so that I am in service of the light, because that it is so important to me right now to, to be that light illuminating, because like you, like you so perfectly said, just standing there in your light is enough. Mm, mm, mm. It does illuminate the darkest of places. Definitely. It sounds like you almost have like an animist perspective upon your life now. Would it be true to say that? What's an animist perspective? Like, well, that. Being, in, being in flow with nature continuously, and that's your primary objective is yes, to sit 100%. In yes. In yeah. Well, and that's how I grew up in the wilds of Nevada. Oh, okay. We, we grew up in the middle of nowhere 
on a 160-acre ranch next to a 2,000-acre ranch. So it was just wild wow. open space. And we could not come home until the dinner bell rang when we were really little. When we got older, we were working the ranch from sunup to sundown. That's cool. And it was the best experience I can possibly, like if I could have curated my growing up years, I would have not changed one single thing. And even having, you know, all the trauma and the drama, it still made you like strong and solid in yourself. And yet, and you get to move at the pace of nature mm. and you come home, you're tired, but it's not like the head down. I had a horrible day at work. You're not really taxing your body. You're just taxing your spirit. You're just selling pieces of your soul all day long. This was like your full body tired, tired to the bones because you worked a full day with nature. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I can't imagine that. I mean, I'd like to have lived in that one, but um, I, I lived in suburbia, unfortunately, and uh, grew up with yeah. that and all of the the weirdness that went around that. We had a creek running through our yards. So that was good. Um, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of play in the creek and uh, lots of um, archery and things like that. So that was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, no, I can't imagine that would have been awesome to be out in the uh, in the open expanses. Did you see anything unusual out there that you remember from your childhood? Oh, gosh. Well, being that connected to nature, being the kind of the wild child that I was, yeah, the plants would talk to you. And not in English. I don't mean they would say, hi, Robin, how are you doing today? It was just, you would get this inner knowing of uh, chew on this plant or the mountains that there's these beautiful mountain ranges right out the my window. And the mountains would tell me bedtime stories, these sweet, loving, unconditional love bedtime stories. And so I would ask my friends when at school, I was like, well, what do the mountains tell you when they tell you bedtime stories? And they're like, what are and you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> never mind, never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, choose your audience. Yeah. But that was that connection. Like that, that was my parenting. Yeah. Very cool. And from nature and the sun. The sun is so important. And I think, you know how it's so important to sunbathe. Recently, I just got this idea that came through me that it's just equally as important to moonbathe and starbathe because as the stars and everything rotate around that North Star that doesn't move, I think that's creating energy. Mm. I think it's creating energy that we can absorb just like we can absorb with the sun. Mm. It would make sense, the yin and the yang. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Expose yourself to those energies too. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, just an idea. No, I Full like it. Moonlight. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, we the moonlight is actually cooler than the night. Like if you point a heat gun at the moonlight and say a shadow, the moonlight's actually colder. Wow. Never tried that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So, uh, where are you now in life when it comes to your work? Um, are you actually um, looking at teaching other people your methods of working with people or what are you doing there? Well, that's a great question. And what I'm doing right now is I'm running retreats for people in South okay. Africa, yeah. in the South African bush to completely do an absolute purification of their mind, body, spirit so that they are lit up as a superhuman. I mean, when you are free of all substance, 
when you are detoxed from all metals, all toxins, all poisons, you are unstoppable. That's why I think they spend trillions of dollars keeping us from our pineal gland, our intuition, our all of the, our capabilities. So that's what these retreats are for. And eventually I would love to just start showing people this method because this method is just simply how to empower yourself. I want to be obsolete in your life. Yeah. You know, within six weeks, we should be done. You should yeah. be, you know, that light should be illuminated. Some people with, with severe trauma, you know, I'll give them maybe a couple extra weeks. But other than that, I'm not enabling you. I'm not, I'm not, we're not creating this same Western model of I want to keep you sick, weak, and dependent, so I make money. Mm. Yeah. It exactly. should be, it should be, you know, six weeks, you're done. Mm -hmm. And come back for a tune-up here and there. We all need that, but take the light take the torch, illuminate your own life, empower yourself. And then you can do that to other people too. I think that's another huge piece of how we change this. Yeah. Passing on the frequency, the good frequencies. And we can, we, I mean, I think that was another thing that I saw is that each, each of our organ, like our heart, our lungs, they have their own frequency that they vibrate at and we can measure that. We can measure it with our stupid scientific rudimentary instruments. So, you know, it's actual. <laughs> so, and they vibrate at a different frequency when they're sick. But I think, you know, all these organs, when in harmony, they, they encase our soul. Mm -hmm. And when we die, you know, and I've seen this as a hospice nurse, when we transcend, those organs stop vibrating and the soul is, it can be released. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I started with that. That, that. There was a thread there somewhere, but I missed, I lost it somewhere. I, I, it all made sense to me. So <laughs> <laughs> good. Now, look, I, I, it, you've actually mentioned a bit of um, information around your work being um, working with vibrational medicine as well. What do you do with vibrational medicine in relation to the work that you do? And how does that work with um, helping people detox? Well, that's a great question because I think, you know, I don't do any therapies that aren't completely benign. I won't use ozone or vitamin C because I don't know the long-term effects. I don't know that that is vitamin C that you're put that's in that bag because I didn't make it. So I'm very, very careful about the modalities that I use. So energy vibrations and tuning forks can be huge. I use for my home health patients, and these are people that are really, really sick, <clears throat> overweight, uh, you know, 30 sometimes different prescription drugs on average is what I see. It, you know, you go through the med list, it's like one page, two page, three page. Then that doesn't include the over-the-counter drugs and supplements and injections and so using those tuning forks, I've been able to take swollen legs, heart arrhythmias, and just settle the body. And I always have them drink a quarter teaspoon of baking soda morning and night to try and, you know, help with the firestorm of, of their toxins. But using that 
more alkaline state within the body with a vibrational medicine can be extremely helpful and and not harmful mm-hmm. okay so using tuning forks when you do vibrational medicine tuning forks um sometimes we'll do the the bigger singing bowls those can be um really helpful um the other day i was at a, a patient's house that has a cat and so i was listening to her heart which i couldn't hear <laughs> still not figured why i cannot hear her heart but then I put the stethoscope on the cat that was purring. And I was like, oh, this is this is a sound therapy. It was incredible. Mm. And it just the vibrations went through my whole body. And I was like, I just got a tune-up. <laughs> cool. So that's another <laughs> one I could add to the toolkit. Yeah, buy a cat. <laughs> just get a cat <laughs> put, put the stethoscope on his heart well and, and they do like if you hold a cat on your lap and yeah. it's as it's purring it can help with bone health it can ho- help with um, bone pain um, nerve issues so there is benefits to cats <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool i like that <laughs> okay so uh now, have you ever like you? We, we talked about before that you may be thinking about writing some stuff around your work, um, but you weren't, weren't really clear on that. Um, is that going to be something that you, you're thinking about doing, like actually putting together a course that could be written down? Yeah, what I want to do, and I think this would be more the most empowering thing, and and I am going to do it. I'm actually starting. I'm meeting with a my coach on Saturday to start outlining out a course but it's to see the playbook so that we're not tricked into taking poisons so that you don't have to wait for the studies to come out to tell you that vitamin d3 has destroyed your bone health or that ascorbic acid aka vitamin c is a toxic poison that's ruining your health you can see it for what it is and you can start to that's what i mean like when you're empowered then you can start to understand that Oh, this is not this is not medicine for my body. This is poison. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always differentiate between medicine and versus medication. Medicine, you need lower and lower doses of to get the desired result until you need none of it because the desired result has achi- been achieved. Whereas medication, it's seen as a toxin in the body. It builds up in your system. So the body keeps having to launch these responses. They say you get side effects, which are direct effects from taking a poison or you're allergic to it, which your body is responding in a a perfect way to a known toxin or poison. So instead of, of going down those roads, you're empowered with this playbook. And each and every person then can know the playbook, empower themselves, and then do that for other people around them. Brilliant. Yeah. Very cool. Because otherwise we're just going to be taking class after class after class. And, you know, where where are we going with it? Yeah. 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 It's got to be something that's structured in such a way that uh, empowers people to understand how to research even. Because, you know, often people have no idea where to start looking. And they just hear something from somebody and they're like, oh, that's all right. I'll try that. And they start taking it. They feel good for a little while. But then, you know, they've got the symptoms wiped out. and that's that's the 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 problem i think with a lot of this and what i see as the problem is that i 
come to the conclusion that most of those studies that they're reporting are corrupted. You know, we look at Rockefeller medicine. I don't know if you're familiar with that in the 1920s, how they usurped all of it and, you know, called natural cures quackery. Well, they call them quackery because they actually cure you. That's and right. we don't, can't have our customers cured because they're not going to come back. So it's the same, you know, it's the same game. They're not going to let all these wonderful studies come out that, that tell you how to heal your body. Yeah. It's going to trick you. And it definitely, I mean, I, I will say this, I call it indoctrinated quotient instead of intelligence quotient for IQ because they picked members of society, I think, is my opinion, that were the most easily indoctrinated, the most, you know, the, the ones that can memorize the best and recite information the way they wanted you to. Not critical thinkers, not creative thinkers, but yeah. really good at doing one thing, you know, and, and thinking in the way they want you to, so that then when you present them with these pieces of paper, they're like, oh, yes, rat poison is good. Look at this, you know, um, conclusion has shown that 40% of people bone density got better or whatever it is. You sound like you're talking about academics. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, Doctors. Yeah. And I'm going to include, I'm sorry to say, the chiropractors and the functional medicine and the naturopaths and the homeopaths. Like they are still indoctrinated into that, that mm. system mm. because they, it's still oh, CJ, you have a symptom. Here's a supplement or here's an herb or here's something to take instead of, no, the symptom is the body's healing. Don't interrupt with a symptom. Ooh. It's supposed to be there. When we interfere with the body, we're entering into a state of fear, panic. Oh no, I, you know, I've got mucus or something. I've got a cough. Let's stop the cough. Let's stop the mucus. Well, that's easy to do, but you've interrupted the body's um, one and only way of getting rid of whatever toxin that you've ingested. It's either getting rid of it through the mucus in your lungs or, you know, if you inhaled something or through your nose, uh, sweat, diarrhea, vomiting, like let the body, let the, get this poison out. And if we keep stopping it, like perfect example, you know, around this time of year in the United States, it's becoming fall. So we get less light. Our bodies go through a normal detox. They start just detoxing and we call it the flu or we call it a cold or whatever. So what, what do you do? You go in and you get the Theraflu or you go to the doctor and they give you all these drugs to stop the symptoms. Well, you've kept all of that normal shedding stuff inside the body. You do that next, you know, in the spring, and you do it year after year, now you're going to start developing tumors or, you know, the big C word or whatever it is. It's just their labeling. It's not actually what it is. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit short-sighted. It's a bit short-sighted. Instead of like, we're so used to wanting to avoid pain. Oh, don't, mm -hmm. you know, you'll get, you know, and everyone will tell you like, oh, if you have a headache, take a Tylenol, you know, or if you have the sniffles, take this drug and that drug and, if you have a cough, it, nobody wants to experience the symptoms. And mm -hmm. so if you just sat in and just, you know, man up or put your girl, big girl pants on and dealt with it for, it's what, 24, 48 hours, sometimes 72, like we can handle that. Yeah. 
And then, and then in the long run, you're going to be so much healthier, mm. live so much longer, live so much healthier and better. Mm. It's almost like that um, as soon as you have any symptoms straight away, they throw you into a, like a, a doctor version of ICU, you're in an intensive care unit, they've got to stop the bleeding straight away, otherwise you're going yeah. to die. But that's not true. That's just right. a process, you know. And yeah, I mean, it's just a process. Yeah. Look, I've had exactly. cancer before myself, and I, I went down the Western medical path a little bit, and I knew this was, I, you know, you just get the intuition, like, this is all wrong. I think I'm being completely misled here. I was thankfully helped out by a friend's um, stepfather who pointed me in the right direction, ended up healing myself of um, bowel cancer. And um, what the doctors were wanting to do was actually cut me up and also, you know, irradiate me with uh, radiation, which I learned in in high school was actually poisonous. So what- Thank God. Madness, but that was their reaction. But we all know, like, if you if you do more research into it, everyone has cancer all the time. It's just that when it's out of control is when it's out of control, and then it's just a matter of bringing yourself back into balance. And it's like, what are we labeling it? Yeah, we're labeling these things. Well, it's it's a buildup of toxins that has been encapsulated. You know, yes. we call it the tumor. Well, let the, the tumor's got to get out somehow. The last mm. thing you want to do is get in there and cut it out, and then it lyses right and all that poison throughout the body that the body has spent probably years <laughs> carefully getting out. All this, you know, you've been using your mouth as a garbage disposal for the last 10 years, <laughs> Taco Bell and Burger King and all that nonsense. The body's like, I can't keep up. I got to get this out. These toxins have to come out. But then, you know, Western medicine comes in there and it's like, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Let's give them scare tactics. You have the big C word. Mm. <gasps> oh, no, yeah. whatever, you know, just get rid of it. Yeah, and then that's right. you're looped in. That's it. Well, thanks to all that television programming for, you know, since day dot and every every uh, movie we've ever seen with somebody that's had cancer or a cancer survivor and how tragic they make it. That's how we all learn how to act around it. You're you're right. Uh, you nailed it. Not new. Not too many people see that. And you know, it's. I've had a lot of patients, and I say, "Do you want to get better?" That's what I ask people too. If if I hear people that have got the big C, I say, "Do you want to get better?" Yeah. Because if you don't, then there's nothing that can be done. A lot of people don't, though. Yeah. They they've gotten attention for the first time. Yeah. Secondary gains. Yeah. And we're so programmed to lap up that attention. And, you know, it's, it's that sympathy attention and it's just so, Ooh, it's irresistible to some people. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which does cause hypochondria in some people too. It's well, I would say 90% of America right now. (laughs) Well, one of the reasons they're well well trained then. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, you know, um, you're, you're on a healing path and healing people. Um, this is totally awesome. That's, I understand now where you actually call yourself medicine girl. You've, you've grown up in such a way as to, um, uh, walk straight down this path towards healing, you know, many, many people. Um, and that's, that's, that's a very noble thing to do. And I appreciate, um, everything you've shared with me today. And I just wanted to ask you, is there any questions that I didn't ask that you think or wish that I should have asked? Well, I will. The the one thing I will say is I call myself medicine girl and the tagline is you are the medicine. So 
what I have noticed in my 35 years, and people will heal with any modalities, including Western medicine, including radiation, is that one thing has happened first. They've decided they're going to heal. Not they have faith they're going to heal or they hope they're going to get better. Like, no, they know for a fact they're going to get better. It's just a matter of, you know, putting the puzzle pieces into place. So I think I want to just leave your listeners with, we are more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And this brain is so much more in tune, you know, with, with our healing and our belief system about our healing than we can possibly imagine. So, so be really cognizant about what your thoughts are and your belief system and don't let anyone cast those black magic spells of diagnosis and labels on you. Don't give them that power. Precisely, precisely. I think the bigger C is actually choice. You have choice. Yes, we all have a choice. And and don't let them trick you into thinking you don't have a choice. Like that's part of the programming. You don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's always a way. There's always a workaround. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Robin, for coming onto the show. I really appreciate your time and everything that you've shared. This is this is excellent. Totally excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, CJ. This is a great, wonderful power hour for me too. Excellent. Excellent. All right. All right. I'm going to say goodbye for now and uh, thank you again. Thank you. Robin Stebbins, aka Medicine Girl, uh, truly has some really good medicine there in her words and also her understandings. So I'm sure that everyone that has um, heard this one today will appreciate uh, what Robin has shared and has said, um, very great insights into the world and um, how basically we're being treated by um, the systems that really aren't that helpful to our health. So um, I'm sure that if you've um, got, a, got a good benefit out of that, you could share that to others as well. So if you like the show as well, please, you know, if you could jump onto your favorite podcast app and give us a five-star rating or write some really nice words about us, I'd really appreciate that. And so would many others when they discover the show that is uh um, helping them, helping you as well. So um, yeah, thank you so much for listening and uh, bye for now until next week.